Welcome back to the Alternate Shop Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Matt. And the FedEx Cup is finally here. We, uh, we closed the door on the major championship season last week. But of course, that's not uh, all she wrote. We got a whole lot of golf coming up here in the, um, you know, as we head into the fall. Uh, but that's not all that happened this week. Uh, Matt, take us through it. Yeah, we got a pretty packed pod agenda. We had the Solheim Cup last week, the ladies' version of the Ryder Cup. Uh, we'll break it down. We will talk about the President's Cup. Uh, that we have coming up next month and the role that the FedEx Cup playoffs plays in determining who will attend. And then we will break down the FedEx Cup as a whole and the event this week down in New York City. Sounds good. Let's get into it. Solheim Cup. Let's start. What an unbelievable finish. I think um, if you look at the score, the U.S. just dominated. Dominated. Um, which which did, I think, mask a little bit of the drama that played out there on Sunday. Uh, it was a really exciting event. Yeah, the you know the amount of of uh, of patriotism that was on display. It, this is true at basically any sort of nationalistic event. Um, but all week, you know, the lead up, you had Michelle Wee and Lexi Thompson and all of them sort of doing their hair and wearing awesome shoes and doing their nails, and it was just like you could tell how much they cared. And and uh, you know, not to overdo this, but a weird week for the nation and to see yeah you know everyone kind of coming together in the golf community anyway. Uh, in the middle of Iowa, they set a an attendance record for the Solheim Cup this week out mm-hmm. in Des Moines, um, and and like you said, so it was a great great event and great great venue and great experience, but also just a dominating performance. You had Lexi go out on single Sunday. I think she was like four down on the back nine, storm back win, set the tone, really for a, a dismantling. Um, I think they've won a couple of these in a row now. They they you know like it seems all ladies sports. The United States just kind of has a chokehold on this stuff. When I think about the LPGA, I typically don't think of American players being the best players on the tour. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I understand. It's been dominated understand. over the past few years by international players, and you're exactly. Right. And, and the Solheim Cup does not, to my knowledge, and I, you know, will confess to not knowing every specific of the Solheim Cup. It, it's not. I think it's a mirror of the Ryder Cup, effectively. So there's a lot of the, you know, the Asian influence is not there mm-hmm. for this event, and they're obviously very strong uh, on the LPGA tour, but. You know the level of dominance is is very obvious and it's very striking, um, but it's also just cool how much how much they all care. It's it's a refreshing thing to see and to have 120,000 plus people turn out for the yeah. for the event is is just awesome and great to just keep racking up W's for the uh, for red the USA. Yeah. yeah, for me that was the thing. Like it was it was so cool to see. I think the players were feeding off the the fans uh, as well, and 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 the fans were then feeding off the emotion the players were showing. Yeah, for me that was the coolest part of it. For any team event, you know, Ryder Cup, President's Cup, um, the Solheim Cup, the fact that they come together as a team for the country is really exciting. You don't see that in golf at all, um, you know, except for these events. So, and you never know who the hero is going to be. You never know who's really going to show up and and, and <laughs> anything can happen, right? I mean, the one thing that I think was hidden was the fact that, you know, the Americans really never relinquished control of this event, but um, there was some awesome play that was really exciting if you were watching it. Like if you saw the scoreboard, yeah, why would you watch? But man, you would have missed a hell of a Sunday if you did. Um, so, sorry, if you, if, you, if you skipped it. So for me, it was really cool to see. It reminded me of 99 at uh, Brookline and you know, all the great Ryder Cups that <laughs> that you've had. Bold. No, well, no, <laughs> just my point is it felt that way, right? Like I, obviously 99 at Brookline, there was frustration that mounted, can the Americans finally put it over the finish line? Obviously, the Americans never relinquished control here, but it felt cool. Like Lexi Thompson coming back on the back nine, 
to square the match. That was fucking awesome because she didn't have to, right? It was this, she was, she just, her back was against the wall and she decided that she was going to, you know, fucking dominate. Yeah, you know? definitely set the tone for the rest of the day. And, and the, the scoreline, you're right, I think was a, a tad deceiving for, for the United States. It was, uh, there was, it was a good competition and it's a lot of fun. And, and these events sort of reinforce this idea. We see this with the Olympics and with any sort of, you know, United States first the world event. It's like, I don't care what it is. Like, I'm running through a wall for the red, white, and blue. And this was just another example of that. Uh, and we'll get in a month, if we want to jump ahead here, to the President's Cup. We'll get the same opportunity wherein the, so we obviously have the Ryder Cups, the United States versus Europe. Everyone knows that. And then there is a, you know, on the odd numbered years, we have the United States versus the non-European nations. It encompasses everybody. Right. Like Canada is a part of the President's Cup, which is odd, but um, that's how it works. Well, Typically, it's anybody that's not Europe, right? It's Europe right. gets the Ryder Cup and then the rest of the planet can play us in the President's Cup. Yeah, it's just, it's odd to see like, you know, this year you'll have Jason Day from Australia, you'll have Hideki Matsuyama from Japan, you'll have, you know, Brandon Grace from right. South Africa, and you'll probably have like Adam Hadwin from Canada, right? It's a bit of a hodgepodge. It's not quite as, you know. Do you think that's part of why it really hasn't resonated the same way the Ryder Cup has? Aside from the fact that it doesn't have the same length of, you know, hasn't it's not as old, it doesn't have the same history that the Ryder Cup has, but... Is it harder for a guy like Hadwin to bond with, you know, Hideki because they just, they, right? Europeans, I think, they've fought wars together. They've, you know, well, they're a collective, they travel right? Together. And they're, they're, yeah, and they, you don't need a passport to go into each other's countries. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like it's a common currency. Yeah, yeah like, like yeah. it's, you know, it's a, they're basically, you know, as close to being a nation as you can get. Um, but you're right, a collection of nations like this. Yeah, that's. De- I mean, that's definitely part of it, right? And I think there's also just been the, it's a newer tournament. Yeah. Um, well, it's not new, but it's, it is less old and steeped in history. Um, and it's, it, you know, it's it's a bit of a JV tournament in that I think players are, are more likely to, well, if the Ryder Cup is the varsity, then the President's Cup is a JV tournament. I, <laughs> love, right, the, right. I love the President's Cup. Yeah. And I would, I would say that, you know, my favorite Tiger Woods shot ever is from the President's Cup. Um, I remember watching, you know, Phil and Keegan just just ripping it apart at, at Congressional, and that was the beginning of like the the Phil and Keegan are unbeatable thing, right? Um, the ladies just used the pod system at the Solheim Cup. We used it at the Ryder Cup last October. I hope we use it again this year. It, it, it is it is an important tournament, and we've talked, you know, in the past about someone like Charlie Hoffman or Kevin Kisner is going to make it. And that's probably gonna be their first exposure to a, a giant international tournament like this. Mm-hmm. The reason we bring it up, it's a month away. It is after the FedEx cup It is really the, the final It is the bookend of the golf season. The teams are locked in. Uh, the top 10 qualifiers are decided after the Dell technologies open here in Boston. So there are two FedEx cup events, the one this week in New York city, the one next week in Boston, that will determine the top 10 automatic qualifiers. And then there are two captain's picks. Steve Stricker's the captain, uh, up to him. And I think you'll see, I remember last year, actually, Ricky, I think, was leading on Friday at the Barclays. You know, it's been renamed. It's the Northern Trust now, but it was the Barclays. He ended up not really finishing all that strongly and finished, I think, 11th. And Patrick Reed took the spot from him. And then Ricky ended up being a Mm -hmm. captain's pick. And at the time, it was, you know, Ricky feels like a shoe in for all these events. And it was, it was pretty disappointing to see him. You could actually see it on his face where he was like, fuck, like I'm not on the team. Um, he ended up making it. And then you had Ryan Moore play his way in, in the tour championship by going to the nose. Right. 
so these two events, these two weeks basically shore up the team. And, and by and large, I think there's a, a pretty good understanding of who's going to be on it. Um, sort of your, your very top of the house here. You got DJ Spieth, Thomas Berger, Ricky Fowler, uh, Kisner, and Kepka are, are pretty much safe. And then you have right now Kucher, Reed, and Hoffman, are your 8, 9, 10. Right behind them, you have some strong players. Kevin Chappell, Brian Harmon, Duffner, Gary Woodland, Seneker Steele, Ryan Moore, and yeah, Phil and Mickelson. Yeah, apart after that, right? Yeah, but, you, yeah, but, you, but have, you have players who, you know, we've talked about Phil. Is, Phil's had a disappointing year. Phil wins this week. He's going to make the President's Cup. Like, full stop. And, you know, that's I mean, true. How realistic the, is that, though? It's, I, I'm not sure it is all that realistic, but if he has a top 10, you know, now he becomes a, a, a more likely yeah. captain's pick. And also, by the way, we've been talking about a Phil had a bad year. Phil is also just 18th on his own merits for President's Cup this year, right? So it's not like he's been that bad. Anyway, the President's Cup will have plenty of time, I think, to talk about it. Yeah, in we're going to get into that later. as we get closer. But these course. next two weeks, in the same way that the last two weeks, you've sort of seen, okay, this is the sprint to the finish for the top 125 FedEx Cup finishers right. to keep their tour card and also just to be able to play this weekend. You're going to see a similar mm-hmm. sprint where it's going to be really important for someone to hold on to their top five, right? right? As opposed to go for broke to win because that might lock down the presence cup. It, it's an interesting dynamic um, that I think is, is to be kept in mind as, as we watch the tournament this weekend. No question. No question. But of course, um, the FedEx cup has arrived. The first of the playoff events is this week, the Northern trust open at Glen Oaks club in, uh, in New York. Um, I want your, your thoughts maybe on some of the guys who got cut, didn't make it in the guys who did make it in. Um, obviously, you know, a friend of the pod, Seamus Power, sadly, did not make it. Um, Seamus, if you are listening, we, if you are listening, we want you to know just how devastated we are here at Alternate Shot. But yeah, that, oh, I mean, he, he's listening and he the, knows he got our yeah. edible arrangement. He's he's aware <laughs> that we're devastated. That, them's the breaks, though, and uh, yeah, you have to cut it off, and this is the cutoff. But it gets progressively harder as we move forward. So, like, um, I don't know. Do you want to just take it through just the format a little bit because it is hard to understand. Um, as we move through. Sure. So it's, you know, top 125 make make the, the FedEx Cup playoffs. There are four events. Uh, you know, 25 people will be cut this week. And then they will cut 30 after the Dell Technologies in Boston. Then they will cut 40 so that they'll have a remainder of the top 30 players will play in the Tour Championship in Atlanta. And there's a scoring system that's pretty complicated um, that we certainly do not have time as much as we love rules on this show to get into, but basically if you're in the top five and you win the tournament in Atlanta, you win the FedEx cup beyond that. It's a bit of, like I just said, it's a scoring system. It's kind of weird. It's, you got your BCS computers doing this, that, and the other thing. Um, it hasn't really come to that. It's typically been the person who wins in Atlanta takes home the championship. And we've actually had some dramatic moments. Rory last year had a big comeback, smashed in some like 25 footer on a side hill to win the thing. Um, you know, we had, uh, shots getting hit out of the water. We had Billy Horschel, like winning multiple events in a row to take it and storm onto the scene. So it has served its purpose. Well, I I think maybe where to start is you have to make the playoffs to start. And obviously if you're ranked 120th in the FedEx cup playoff standings, you're probably not going to win, but let's discuss the fact that you made it versus, you know, you didn't. So barely made it. Martin Flores got a hole in one on Sunday to effectively he would not have made it without yeah, this whole no, absolutely i mean it was um, incredible and it was awesome and, and they had the camera just set up right behind the t-box and he, the guy goes nuts because he just knows he's like i'm in like i'm in 
and I'm in Can the Can you playoffs. imagine the emotion there? Like, we always joke, you know, you get up to a par three, like, when's the last time you saw a hole in one, right? Have a you ever been, pres- have you like, been present for one? I've seen uh, three holes in one. Jesus. I've never had one. Um, but yeah, I was caddying for one when I was a kid, and then I saw two uh, with guys I was playing with. One was my dad, actually. That's awesome. But, you know, it's one of those things where in the back of your mind, you know it's definitely possible. I mean, it happens every day. But it could be something that happens to you once in your life. Some people never have one, right? But for these guys, I, I would, you know, pros get more hole-in-ones than us amateurs. But to do it in an event where you actually have to make this shot or, you know, you, you don't know how necessarily you're going to finish, but you know it's important and, you know, Think about a Definitely rebu- think about a rebuttal cup in Beirut, and then multiply yeah. it by yeah. ten thousand, right? <laughs> maybe <laughs> like, a million. Oh my god, that's insane! Right. So, so Martin Flores made it. Um, a couple people who they didn't need quite the drama to make it, but they finished between one hundred and one twenty-five. Strong players: Bub Watson, Nick Watney, Steve Stricker. We talked about Watney like two months ago. He was on the the injured list that kind of gave him the, the exemption. But a strong player who you know you see a name as someone who barely barely made it. It catches you off guard. People that did that missed it, a couple of friends of the pod, Shane Lowry missed it by one space, I think, by two, excuse me, he missed it by two. Damn it. And that, I know, I know, I know, it's tough. Uh, Seamus missed it by five, which is like truly devastating. Like Seamus, I thought was, Seamus was in a good position mm-hmm. two weeks ago, did not play well, and they had a, they had a modified cut at the Wyndham um, on on Saturday because too many people made the made the cut yeah. on on Friday, um, you know, just a quick ten seconds on the window. Stenson won. Stenson went up like sixty five spots in the right. FedEx Cup. Like, what a win will do for you is insane. Um, well, yeah, if you look at the way, if you were to like graph the points and how it's allotted, like it, it's ridiculous. Like you can leapfrog a ton of points, which is I think the intent of how they set it up. I think the challenge there though is. Is it fair? Like if you play, if you get through the, I mean, we've always talked about like, you know, with these type of events, because it's a tournament event, it's a stroke play event and you have to finish and rank it. They're trying to make it a bracket elimination system. It's kind of like what NASCAR tried to do with their, when they revamped their, their chase for the cup, right? How do you award a victory to the, you know, the most deserving champion without just saying we all qualify and whoever wins that last race or that last golf, you know, tournament wins it all. We've lucked out, I think, that the guy who won the championship really probably was the most deserving guy to win it. I just worry that, you know, at some point, one of these years, you'll see some sort of crazy, it'll be a mathematical solution to something that would have been more fun to watch on the golf course. Yeah, the, you format, know what I mean? the like, format's weird. And look, I mean, we love like the last four groups are just irrelevant because someone's too far. We, ahead. we love Seamus Power. And I think everyone knows that we love Seamus Power because of his name and, and little else. I don't know almost nothing about his game, but. His social know, media presence is pretty good. Sure. No, he needs to follow us back. But uh, Graham McDowell, Johnson Wagner, Smiley Kaufman, Jim Furyk, uh, you, you know, a bunch of, of very mm-hmm. strong players did not make the top 125. And granted, even if they had, they weren't going to win. So, like, why are we talking about them? It's a little bit of yeah. the, you know, oh, let's put the 16th seed in the tournament. And, like, isn't it great that they get that? They're obviously going to get steamrolled and not factor into the the total, mm. the total playoff discussion. So, look, I think the... You know, the format of the FedEx Cup, I don't hate it. It hasn't, like, produced a, a completely undeserving winner. There's definitely things that they could do to make it better. Well, it's interesting because, like, we've talked a lot about how money doesn't matter and no one really gives a shit about this because it's not a major and blah, blah, blah. But, like, 
we were. I was just looking up some of these bubble guys, and they clearly give a shit, right? Like Jeff Ogilvy, right? Who, by any stretch of the imagination, is a very accomplished career player on the PGA Tour, right? That's a guy that he's made a career out of this. Oh, I don't yeah. know that. I mean, I'm sure uh, ten million dollars is ten million dollars, but like Jeff Ogilvy is a guy that cares about majors, cares about you know history, and is probably aware that the FedEx Cup does not rank as high as Ryder Cup wins and, and major championship victories, right? Quote, unquote, right here, he goes, he goes, and we're talking about this last week. He's trying to play into the FedEx Cup, make the cut, right? He said, there's a level of tension and stress in your body that's just on a different level. I haven't felt that since Q school. That was weird to read because this is a guy that's played in majors. He's played, I mean, all over the world and in the PGA Tour. Um, Q school obviously is a total grind because you're playing for your life. You have no money at that point. Your whole life is dependent. You're, you're taking loans. You're, you're, you're stressing your family, everything else to chase his dream, the PJ tour. That I would assume is the highest level of stress. And he's talking about the FedEx cup in 2017. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. That, that feels a little bit like there's some recency bias there. I, I recall quite vividly Jeff Ogilvy playing in the final group of the masters with Phil Mickelson in 2004. Um, That's what I'm talking I, about. Yeah. So like, I mean, I can't speak to each individual's personal situation. Jeff maybe hasn't won a lot of money recently and, well, and this is important, but I think there's something about when you create a deadline or you create some sort of gating mechanism where, okay, if you don't achieve something this week, you're out. Well, I think what he was referring to is this tournament within a tournament thing. I don't think he really cared about winning the event. He he was very aware of his position in the the world rankings to get into the FedEx or the FedEx Cup points to get into the FedEx Cup. He came into the week at 125th, right? He shot 66, 66, 67 the last three days, tied for 16th for the event. Mm-hmm. But for him, that's like you know he said he, he equated it to getting his card in Q school, which. Look, if if that's how the players are feeling about this, then they're certainly on the right track. Well, you're going to get people, and this is an exciting element of this, they'll do this for when coverage will start, for instance, on Sunday. You know, typically it's, okay, let's just, let's just talk about guys that are about to go off for a half hour. You know, maybe they're on one or two or something. They'll spend the first 10 minutes basically saying, such and such person is ranked 108th and they finished birdie birdie. They now sit 99th. There is this cool dynamic of you need to go do something and you're going to have these, you know, Charlie Hoffman moments of just like, I need to fucking go for this. Like, I know this is impractical. I know this is not what I'm supposed to do. I've been drilled to make the smartest shot available to me, given my lie and the course in front of me Mm -hmm. my whole life. But fuck it. I need to, I need to hit the green. I'm going to hit a driver out of a bunker. You know, it's obviously never going to happen, but like you get what I'm saying, like there there are these extreme examples of people who are just going to go for pins they wouldn't otherwise go for, you know, go for greens that, that they wouldn't otherwise go for. Uh, it, it creates a cool environment of your back being against the wall that generally does not exist, um, maybe except for majors where it's like, well, you know, I just, I'm going to go win or, or I'm not, right? So no, I, I think... We've we've discussed this. I think the format is imperfect. It is not terrible. I I do believe that there there's not, with the exception of you know four or five people per week, there's not enough drama like at the you know the Deutsche Bank slash Dell Technologies. Well, that's my point. Winning like, how winning, do they winning make, that is like whatever. But, like but, okay, fine. right. But that's my point. Like how do they make it more relevant? Because 
right. If it becomes a simple points race, then finishing fifth is just as good as finishing first if you are a guy who's in the lead. And like guys start protecting those positions and therefore it's not as exciting. In the in the PGA championship, it didn't fucking matter if you finished in in, you know, second or twelfth. They were trying to win that event on Sunday and it made it really exciting, right? I, I would have to, to your point, the Dell Technologies, if you're leading the Dell Technologies, but you're not in the race to really win the FedEx Cup, you could you could expect to have the guy who's chasing you on Sunday lay off the gas a little bit, start hitting some irons, get things in play, and protect his position because those points are so valuable to him, you know, to make a push, you know, at the tour championship. So it's imperfect, correct. I, I don't have an answer on how to solve it. I'm just saying that um, if you're a fan of the game and you really like watching exciting golf, I'm not sure the FedEx Cup delivers the same way that the majors do or that the Ryder Cup, President's Cup, Solheim Cup does. And that, I think, is forever going to be a challenge when they want or they want to make this event uh, equivalent with, with those great championships. Yeah, the only thing I could think of doing is just cut it way down at the start so it's not 125 and it's like 64 or 32 and you just have some sort of match right. play situation where where it's far more dramatic like but the even World then golf championships. yeah but even then yeah. you lose the you know the, the thing about march madness that's so fun is that you have some cinderella makes it and there's you know it's some school that's tiny and has you know 19,000 alums in some corner of montana right and it's, you're not going to get that same effect with right you know who's ranked 64th in the FedEx cup, for instance, right? Like Graham delay. Okay. Like, like got no problem with Graham delay, but if Graham delay goes and beats Hideki in the first round, I'm not going to like text you like, Holy shit. Like, did you say like, <laughs> I, I'm just not. So, uh, it, you know, this is just part of the, this is just a, a, a systematic problem. Right. And I, I think of, yeah. And I think they're like, they are coming up with creative ways to make it more fun. Like I do enjoy seeing the little whale tail. Um, I know it's the trophy, but it looks like a whale tail position on on the FedEx Cup and you and and as the like in baseball like as we get closer to the playoffs that starts to really matter and like how they play in each successive event really can make the difference to your point though like do you really give a shit about the 125th guy in the world making it into the FedEx Cup like all of our favorite players for the most part are in and and so right that that's the challenge like for for the guys who put the real asses in the seats it's a non-event for them because they're already there, right? That means they don't take it as seriously in the beginning and at the end, right? They just want to play consistently good golf for the first three events, and then then the tour, you know, then the tour championship becomes fun, and that's why I think it's been good. Like the last what three years, the guy who won the tour championship won the overall FedEx Cup, which is great. Um, it just I don't know, it just to me, it, it makes the the prior events feel less substantial. And they're, they should be playoff events, right? It should be the AFC championship, right? The divisionals. And then all the way to the Super Bowl. So it's like each of those events in, in whether it's baseball, hockey, football, basketball, all that stuff is awesome to watch because there's real, there's real penalties for losing and there's real um, rewards for winning, I think. But maybe yeah, I, remember, right. I remember a couple of years ago, Spieth missed the cut at the Barclays. And he might have even missed the cut at the Deutsche Bank. And it didn't impact his status at all. And it was like, it was a reflection of how dominant he had been. Right. And like, if this is a judgment of how good you were over the course of a year, I get that. But at the same time, it was like, this doesn't feel right. This is again, my point, like, okay, I'm 125th in the world. I get in, I play, you know, 
next week or this week at Glen Oaks and I win the thing. Mm-hmm. But I had like barely enough to get into the event. So I'm like in the conversation, but eh. And meanwhile, the leaders can kind of coast, do whatever the hell they want until the tour championship. Yeah, I think that's the problem. Like, I think the leaders can coast. Like, I don't think that there's... Well, there you go. That's... Yeah. Right. What are you... What are your thoughts on... So we talked last week about who's your player of the year. Yeah, I mean... And we we discussed that, you know, JT, Spieth, DJ, and Hideki are basically the four, right? Mm -hmm. Now, DJ hasn't done anything since March. But if he had he, a hell of a start to the season, right? Though, but if yeah. he goes and wins the FedEx Cup, he's got to be the player of the year, right? But mm-hmm. as as we sit here now, we talk about Justin Thomas with four wins, including the most recent major, and he shot a fifty nine, and blah blah blah, and by by a lot of other measures, would be a pretty obvious player of the year. We also have Hideki, right? I think the thing about the FedEx Cup and its role in determining the player of the year is interesting because I don't know. Ricky won the Honda. And Ricky is, I think, had as many top tens as anyone else on the tour this year, mm-hmm. but no signature accomplishment. But let's just suppose he goes fifteenth this week, tenth at the at the Dell, and then he goes seventh at you know the the BMW, right. and then he then he comes in second at this the tour at the tour championship, right. <laughs> and he wins the tour championship. Yeah, I mean, like he's, is, not the, he's not the player of the year, right? Yeah, but he could win the FedEx Cup doing that, right? Like, if, if it's close enough, this is the thing. Like, if there's no, what's interesting about how the, the majors have kind of played out. So you have, but isn't like, that dumb? Like, isn't, it isn't is this dumb. scenario just laid out dumb? So, like, I mean, if you look at the, the way the points are right now, it's pretty close, right? Like, DJ, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas are separated by, eh, 2,000 points, right? I think the winner of the tour championship gets, like, what is it? 4,000 points, maybe 2,000 points they get. They get it. It's whatever. It's a ton of points. Mm. If Dustin Johnson plays the way he's played, which is okay, right? And Jordan, it comes down to Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. You could get theoretically a gunfight between those two guys for the playoffs. And that would put this thing on the map big time. I mean, the whole argument's been, do you think that Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas could, could be a rivalry? It's like the dream of every broadcaster every every color commentator every you know journalist that covers the game that those two guys best friends could be you know the the you know the the jack and arnie well, it wouldn't so be that it would be fucking the, stupid it, he won he's won one major my point is that's the conversation that's happening right now and because and because of how close they are in the fedex cup Look, there was there was no FedEx Cup twenty years ago, right? Like it was majors, so you're right. It wouldn't even be a conversation. These guys would be uh, on vacation, season over. But now we live in the world of the 365 season. We have the FedEx Cup, and Justin Thomas is currently leading Jordan Spieth in the conversation for Player of the Year. So the question is, obviously, yes. Uh, Justin Thomas is not the most not as decorated as Jordan Spieth. Spieth has 13 worldwide wins. He's got three majors. And he's played in four Ryder Cup slash President's Cups, right? He was player of the year in 2015, and he won the FedEx Cup. That's a pretty good resume. Mm-hmm. JT has won five times worldwide. He has won a major, PGA Championship. Uh, but he's never played on a Ryder Cup or a President's Cup, and obviously has not won the FedEx Cup, and he's never been player of the year. So let's say he wins. And by the way, like was not in the discussion for the Ryder Cup last year. No. No, and I get that. But my point is, he's played really well this year. So the like he's in converse, in the conversation for Player of the Year, right? That's that's short company. Sure. Yep. What's I think what people are writing about is if this is indic- indicative of like a pivotal shift in this guy's career, 
right? If Justin Thomas has figured something out, it'd be cool to see him materialize as a competitor to Jordan Spieth. Obviously, it's look, there's no way to know. Well, that would be great, but like if he wins, if Justin Thomas wins the FedEx Cup, it becomes a more interesting conversation as well, we I head think, into I think the Masters, right? Well, like sure, I would just say it's 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 him punctuating an extremely strong run with a good ending. Justin Thomas can win the next four events. He's not better than Jordan Spieth. No, I'm not, not saying yet. that he is. Not yet. I'm not saying that he is. I'm just saying we haven't had a great rivalry in forever, right? Because Tiger was too dominant during his run. Um, and then in, in the wake of his career, the field has been too competitive. The one guy who has been consistently good, who is consistently at the top of his game is Jordan Spieth. There's not a single player on the tour right now that that has done that up until this point. You can make an argument for Rory McIlroy, but he has plateaued. He has not delivered at the same level. Now, am I asking a guy like Rory to continue to deliver the way that he did in the first half of his career, right? Instead of from that moment till now, it's impossible, right? But Jordan continues to do so. And as long as he continues to win majors and keep himself in the conversation, then people will search for, like they did with Tiger, Who's the next guy to come up? Who's the Watson that's going to come up and challenge Jack, right? Who's the guy that's maybe not maybe not Jack, but Watson was nasty too, right? And for a while, that was like a really fun thing to watch, right? He was the guy that could, that could slay the, the, the dragon. And I think Justin Thomas, if you look at his game and you look at how he's played and how he's composed himself, he makes, it's a strong case. On paper, like what makes Hideki good, it, J- Justin Thomas has the same skill set well, he's, he's a better he's, putter he's, and a better grinder he spikes in a way that few other players do right but he like, hits it farther than jordan he has um he doesn't putt as well as jordan but he's just as good of a, just as good of a ball striker through the green so he has the ability to stay in every event like i don't know is there going to be a moment where he'll eclipse jordan you're right we're gonna have to watch a lot of majors to figure that out but it's a fun conversation to have it's a really fun conversation to have because, man, like when's the last time we could have this conversation? I mean, as dominant as, as Dustin Johnson is, he doesn't he, he's not in contention consistently enough to be in that conversation. Now, a couple of like rules fiasco at the PJ Championship, uh, you know, he doesn't fall down the stairs at Augusta. Yeah, he's the guy, but he, he hasn't posted a top 10 in a major in a year. So he's not in the conversation until he does. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I think that we do this all the time where it's, and I made a joke about this last week where, oh, if Justin Thomas doesn't win the Masters, he's like a disaster. And like he had his like moment in the sun and he didn't capitalize on it, blah, 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 blah. And just pick a week, pick a player. It's, oh, it's Hideki, oh, it's John Rahm, oh, it's Ricky Fowler, oh, it's Jordan Spieth, oh, it's DJ, it's JT. It's just like, it's just, it is someone new every single week. And, you know, <laughs> I say this half joking. God forbid Xander win, <laughs> win this week. Yeah, no, it's a good point, right? Because then it's like, oh, is Xander here to take the mantle? Like it just, it just turns into this. You know, look, when you win a major, you get a lot of attention, right? And that's deserved attention for sure. Some people are worthy of it, others are not. I think Justin Thomas is definitely worthy of it. He has the game to back it up. He's a young guy. Um, you know, by all by all accounts, is is you know we've talked about his his relatability and how he's going to be very popular going forward because of it. We love JT. I got no problem with JT. It just turns into like, 
you know, oh, he, him and Spieth are now going to go head to head. I mean, we're not not ready to anoint him. No, no, but like I read the same articles you did and it was just like, what? Like a week ago, you know, people liked Justin Thomas for the, the, you know, 10 day stretch that he had in Hawaii where he played really, really well to win a couple times in February the the other wins that he had were both in Malaysia. Like yeah, no, I made, made a joke and you laughed, yeah, but he hadn't, won, he on hasn't United won on mainland United States. He hasn't won on mainland He hasn't won the Honda Classic. He hasn't won a FedEx Cup event. He hasn't like you know contended at at a, at a WGC event. Like he hasn't done these. He he's on a heater. He's a good player. He's very very talented. No one is saying anything other than that. But like I, I don't know. I the article of like could this be a rivalry with Spieth is like because they're friends and wouldn't that be fun and blah blah. blah. It's the same thing happened with Sergio. Like. Oh, Sergio's like a European who's 19 years old who played well at one event. Is he <laughs> is he Tiger's rival? Like, of course not. Of course no, not. No, you're absolutely right. I just think that um, if I gun to your head, how many how many majors do you think Jordan Spieth wins in his life? Seven. Okay, gun to your head. How many majors do you think JT wins? Four. No, three. Okay. He needs to prove that he can be consistent enough over a long enough period of time. And that's what Jordan's done. Like Jordan's Jordan's done what Rory McIlroy's done, what Tiger, well, initially did. Um, we're not comparing him to Tiger. But, but what I mean by that is he's capable of playing well in all four majors, right? On all four different types of events, which, which award championships to different types of golfers. Generational players can do that on any golf course. Doesn't, doesn't fucking matter. Drop me blindfolded onto a you know any golf course and I'll be able to compete at a high level, and that's what Jordan's done. I mean that's what Rory used to be able to do, and I hope he can do again. I think JT though, the reason that the press is so interested in it is you're right. One, they're they're best pals, so that's fun, right? But two, I think his game really is has matured well. He's longer than Ricky. He's longer than Jordan. Um, and he has proven now to be able to hold a lead and play with composure and make big putts when it matters. Um, all the things you have to do as a major champion, but he's not a Jeff Ogilvie, right? He's not a, I mean, even a Stenson, like I just, for whatever reason, maybe it's cause I'm a, <laughs> I'm an American and I'm a fan of the guy, but I don't know. I, I, I think he has a lot of forward potential and I, it's going to be cool to see. The reason that this is a topic, though, is because he has won four times this year. He has won a major, and he is absolutely on the ballot for best player for, for player of the year. If he wins the FedEx Cup, it's a it becomes a more no, fun I agree. conversation. So, so this conversation started by if you win the FedEx Cup, how important a role right. should that play? And and I think we've discussed and, and landed on this idea that it depends on the year that you've had. In the case of JT, um, you know, it would definitely solidify his position. Real quickly, again, just the Spieth versus JT thing is as a rivalry. When we previewed the PGA Championship, I don't think we mentioned Justin Thomas. Good point. So, like, you know, and the reason for that was because he finished 28th at the Bridgestone and he got cut at the Open, cut at the Quicken Loans National, cut at the Travelers after having a terrible Sunday at the U.S. Open. He got cut at the British Open shooting an 80. Like, he he had the spikiness in his game where he was not reliable. He has now won a tournament a major tournament and you know is a young enough guy and is likable and all the things we just discussed right but having said that it, it just feels way cart before the horse to start talking yeah. about like a rivalry with Jordan Spieth who is truly truly a generational talent in my mind okay let's um let's hop to predictions I think we could 
have some fun with this. We can pick a winner for the week and a wild card for the week. And then let's go with kind of go with our gut here and pick a winner and a wild card for the FedEx Cup overall. Okay. Sounds good to me. You want to start or should I? You go first. Okay. I think Jordan Spieth is going to win the FedEx Cup. We know what a competitor he is. I think so. I I, I was deciding whether it was going to be Spieth or Ricky Fowler because uh, a part of me believes. <laughs> Here, so here's well, the thing: how much I, of I that feel is like, your, well, I feel your, like Fowler blind, can, your well, blind love for Ricky Fowler? Well, that's part of it. But you know, you talk about you made the point about Spieth. He's consistently, consistently there. The reason everyone's yeah. frustrated that Ricky doesn't win more is because he's consistently in sixth place. Like no one has more top tens than him this year. He's always right there. Um, it wouldn't shock me at all if Ricky won the FedEx Cup. How much of that the guy, is the guy doesn't get cut any, like never right. gets cut anymore. But is he okay? So do you think that's? I may be asking a question. I already know the answer to here. But is he knocking at the door and someone's going to answer at some point here, or is he a guy that can't close? That's the argument, right? Like, well, he closed the players. I know. So my my point is, how much longer will it take him to win a major? Because is this a Jordan Spieth level talent? That can once this you know once the genie comes out of the bottle wins a major, um, kind of what I'm predicting here with with Justin Thomas. Now all of a sudden the world is completely open to him to win because he I mean you're right no one's been more consistently a, you know a top ten in the conversation player than Ricky Fowler in the last couple of years. Well, I think it's a fair question. You know if you look at Ricky's stats, so if if I were to say you know the number one player in strokes gained total, you would think. I bet that guy wins a lot. Absolutely. Like that's the stat you want. Right? And that would strokes be gained and, total. Right? And that would be Rick Utaka Fowler is number <laughs> one in strokes gained total. Right. And he, he's won once and he won the Honda and the Honda's no joke. And he's played really well in a bunch of other tournaments. T4 at the waste management, T3 at Shell Houston open, T2 at the Memorial, T5 US open, T3 quick and loans, ninth at WGC, T5 at PJ. Like he's always there. He's yeah. This, these are, you know, so I get the question. Is it a lack of an ability um, to close or is it just, well, we've seen, we've seen, him, we've seen him close. So I, I just, I don't think he's unable to close. And by the way, this like, can he close thing? Like if Spieth doesn't clean up his mess on the 13th hole, we're having the same discussion about him. So this is just, you but know, he the, did. And then he made an absolute barrage of putts and finished. Right. My, my point is, is that, and this may be like a Skip Bayless question, right? Like, it's sport, right? Like, how can you allude Jordan Spieth's performance at the British Open to anything other than a moment in time that he really came through? Like, I don't know that he's capable of doing that every week. So the guys that are in the top five conversation, like Ricky, are clearly very talented. It's not. It's one. I mean, it's one thing to finish top five once in your career, but the fact that this kid is doing it, um, you know, pretty much every week. Yeah, I just wanted your your sort of your your thoughts on this because if he can do that this week, if he, I mean, that type of play is hugely valuable in this event, right? Top fives are fucking massive in the FedEx Cup. Yeah, because it keeps you, yeah, it keeps you on top of the the wave. He's played nineteen events and he has nine top tens. That's ridiculous. So like Ricky shows up and everyone goes, oh shit! Like he yeah. and he's gonna he's gonna compete. Coin so flip top ten. Could could he definitely like, win the FedEx? Well, right. And so I I. I thought, I guess we're having this conversation now. I, the thing I was dealing with was, okay, is Ricky going to take that consistency, add that to a little bit of fire of like, oh boy, like JT just got one now, like, yeah, you know, yeah. the internet's making fun of me or whatever. Um, you know, and is he going to string those 
things together into a FedEx Cup win. You know, this is the same that when we talked about him before the U.S. Open, or excuse me, before the PGA Championship. My comment was, I think Ricky's going to go play well. There's nothing that jumps off the page that he's like going to win this week or going to win this tournament. He doesn't uh, have to win the right? FedEx Cup. Right. But it's like, like the perfect event for him. Right. But that that like forecast was so accurate. Like he's going to go play well. He like fucked up the green mile on Saturday and then he closed really strongly on Sunday and he came in fifth. And like that that feels like a proper place for the fifth best player in the world to finish in the PJ Championship. Right. So the FedEx Cup, yeah, where's yeah. Ricky going to finish? You want it to work I don't out. know, fifth or something. Like he, I think that's kind of by design. Would it shock me at all for Ricky to win? No, I just, I think Spieth is, uh, Spieth is too good. And you talk about consistency. It's why we're talking about Ricky now. You know, JT could easily miss the cut this week, right? Like, you know, he's a very spiky player. I think the FedEx Cup will be won by Jordan Spieth. I think he's the best player on the planet. I think Rory is sort of one foot in the bucket here. He's like, oh, I'm not going to play because I'm hurt. And now he's like, eh, fuck it. I actually am going to play because, you know, I'm the defending champion and I should care about promoting the game of golf, um, whatever. So I think Spieth will win. I think this week, though, this first tournament's weird because I think that there's one of two things happens. Either someone really owns their momentum out of the PGA Championship or, or it's just you know it's it's someone who just like happens to play well that week and just is going to kind of get it going now that it's playoff time uh i'm going to take dj to win this week i think dj is sitting around feeling very forgotten i know dj hurt his back that was four months ago mm-hmm. he has played enough golf taken enough time off i think people you know a game that that, that is this individual when other people get a bunch of attention, it has to bug you. And in the absence of some reason, like a physical reason, a I don't think it bothers DJ. Come on. Well, we've talked about a DJ. You ever in, looked at in his your Instagram? mind? DJ is like a barn animal who I didn't say that is non-responsive. I didn't say he's a barn animal. I said that all I all I have ever said about DJ is that I don't think that he is bothered by the same things that bother other guys. I think DJ wants to win just as badly as anybody else, but I don't think that. Look at his look at his Instagram, man. He doesn't seem too bothered. He's not out there, you know, grinding what, what in the rain. are you referring to? The one, <laughs> the latest one with Paulina. I, I, know, I, mean, I know the one you mean. I know the one you mean. Um, okay. So I'm going to take, so I'm going to take DJ this week. Okay. I'm going to take Spieth to win overall. The dark horse for both is going to be, and if we can call and you're going to get mad, Phil. Phil's, Phil's too, definitely a dark Phil's horse. Phil's too good for this shit. Well, it's a FedEx cup. Phil has There's been no so horse. bad. Since Bones and he parted ways. Phil's not going to make the cut. Wow. I, that's my prediction. That's okay. My dark that's bold. Phil's, so I feel Phil's like done. He's Phil. Not done career wise. I think he's just, I think he's going to go back to Florida or California. And Phil just, has never not played his way onto the President's Cup team. Do you think he's not aware that, all right, I have 11 days to like Phil really, the US Open really this close this thing? Phil skipped the fucking US Open. Don't give me the president's cup is going to get him out of bed in the morning that's insane phil's going to make three bogeys on his first five holes and that'll be it and he won't have bones bones will be there covering it it's all over for phil this year all right your turn i think that jason day is my pick this week to win the event i think he is absolutely barring his mental error that led to the eight um 
at the PGA Championship, he was right in that conversation. He's playing very well. He seems to have solved some of his, um, you know, streaky issues, physical issues. He seems like he's healthy and feeling good. You know, the season that should have been for Jason Day. I think this is an opportunity for him to 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 charge back. Um, and I think I want to take I want to take uh, Jordan Spieth to be the overall champion. But the the guy that I really think can win it is Hideki. Now, the one thing that's interesting about Hideki is he brought five putters with him this week. Bad time to be questioning your um, your flat stick. Supposedly, well, I think he's putting well now. He has historically been a horrendous putter. Right. But he literally has a putter rack that you would see in a pro shop. And he's... <laughs> And he is rolling whatever he like. He's trying to find some kind of magic. <laughs> Never a good look for a guy that that's the weakest part of his game. That being said, he's a hell of a ball striker. Like we've talked about, staying in events is just as important as what's more important than, than winning one and being streaky, right? He needs to stay in the conversation for all four events to have a chance at this. But I think uh, his strength with ball striking, his length off the tee, his, his strokes gained off the tee. Is something that's going to be um, that's going to allow him to push past Jordan Spieth, who doesn't have the same consistency, does not have the ability to dominate golf courses in the same way. But it's a flip of the coin. Can he find can he find something in his putting stroke that um, will allow him to score? That's that's the thing. But I'm willing to risk it on Hideki. I think he, um, you know, he wanted a major. He came close. Um, this is his opportunity to put his name um, formally in the conversation for well. Be a slam dunk for player of the year if he wins this. But so Hideki putting with five, practicing with five putters. A couple of thoughts here. One, um, Hideki has always been a bad putter, and I think that in the two most recent tournaments that he has played, he has been in the top fifteen in putting in both. That's the first time that's ever happened in his career. So well, something happened. Maybe he's finding some some sort of calm. Something that happened is after the PGA tournament, he announced to a shocked world that he was married and that his wife had given birth. Wait, what? So there's articles. If you Google like Hideki's secret marriage, um, I'll, I'll just read straight from it. Just a day after falling short in his bid to become the first player from Japan to win a major at the PGA Championship, Hideki Matsuyama announced that he was married and his wife had given birth to the couple's first child. No one really asked me if I was married, so I didn't have to answer that question, oh he said on God. Tuesday, where he'll begin the playoffs. This is the same but thing. But I felt that after the PGA, it would be a good time because our baby is born, and I thought that would be a good time to let everyone know. So this is like, okay, we, we were going to get into this when we talked about the, um, you know, the Solheim Cup, but like the golf world is so, I mean, I, clearly we're all biased, right? Like we were talking about, I'm talking about Justin Thomas, like he's the next... You know, the next Jordan Speed, the next Tiger Woods, right? But this guy, Hideki Matsuyama, is equally impressive, you know, bar- minus the major, but he could have won one. That is insane to me that nobody even asked him. Like, they would just assume that he wasn't married and that was it? Well, we talked about him like two weeks ago and I said, look, I think that he... The is bias well, is well, you were like, Well, you were like, he's a sneaky good player. And I said, I don't think there's anything sneaky about his ability. He just, he finishes a round. He does not go and talk to Holly Saunders. Right. He does not, you know... Like you know, he threw an interpreter. They talked after he won the the Bridgestone. He's yeah, not in. He's not. He's not so in commercials. Ridiculous. He's just not. So he's just, funny. He's just not like around I, a lot. And I remember so, texting you. He did. He he can't speak English, or if he can, it's not well enough. So he uses a translator. And um, he had this interview. It was hilarious. It was it was very charismatic, very funny. 
standard interview fare that you would get from a guy like Jordan Spieth, who people, everybody would say is a very charismatic guy, plays well on camera. This guy is every bit that way, but you're right. The, the bias is there. I can't believe they didn't know he was, he was married. I know someone as famous as him, you would just think that it was unknown thing. I don't, I don't know. Uh, he's, he's playing and, and we <laughs> talked about the, the article. Yeah. We nobody talk, asked me. Nobody asked me. He talked, we talked about the monster group, uh, last or two weeks ago. And we talked about Rom playing with Rory and Ricky Hideki in the monster group this week with, uh, JT and Jordan Spieth. So he's there. He could definitely go win it for sure. Who's your, who's your wild card? You know, I picked Phil as a wild card and he's a real you, wild just, card. you just went pretty hard on Phil. And cause I'm merciful, I'm not going to pick on Tiger. Who had a bit of a rough week over there? Should we get into this just for a bit, just to just to touch on it? So I, I mean, one one minute because I was I was raised to not kick people when they're down. I mean, when it rains, it pours, right? <laughs> Tiger has not had the greatest uh, 2017. We have talked about his struggles with um, his pain management routine, which led to his um, his DUI arrest in Florida, and. Um, on the heels of that, after all of that seems to be behind him and things are going well, he you know he posted that dope ass picture of him with the lobster, right? He's back. The goat's back. Well, the nudes get released, right? So for a guy who's fallen, like if we talk about the 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 level of uh, the depth that he has like fallen to, um, the new I never thought the nudes would surface. I think we all thought about it, but maybe his his indiscretions happened in an era maybe before. Snapchat before, you know, like dick pics were a thing. He, you know, so continue, so continues the, the downward spiral of Tiger. The fact that we're talking about the Tiger nudes. It's like, <laughs> you knew like, okay. In the back of your mind that there was a chance that with all those cocktail waitresses and all the stuff that allegedly had gone on, that something like this was going to happen. The last thing I thought was it would come from that. It would be like a Tiger Lindsay Vaughn mashup that would bring him down. Yeah, well, a guy who, I don't want to be too hard, apparently didn't learn his lesson. Like, he was pretty thoroughly humbled in 2009 and 2010. This is different, though. And, These are private well, pictures. Now, the joke, so the question we had, so obviously, like, the pictures have been released, and they're trying to stop it, but the, I mean the cat's out of the bag, right? Like you, you can't take this back as we've known from all these celebrity things that have gone on. So the tour guys, like I would imagine this is going on. Tiger is a visible member of the golf community, still well-respected. Is it a, so the rumors are that Tiger, that the picture is actually quite flattering for Tiger. That like the legend apparently is supported and backed up by the, uh, the physical evidence. So I, did, I, wonder, I didn't, like, I didn't look at it? the photo. And <laughs> I didn't either. But like, I, I wonder like maybe this, maybe this could be the moment that like the big cat finally returns in his final, in his former glory. Like the circle has been completed. See what you did there. Time is a, <laughs> time is a flat circle. And uh, you know, maybe he comes back like damn right. You know, I never left. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take the under on that. I, I think that, <laughs> um, Ty, eh, Tiger Woods is a fucking Greek tragedy at this point. It really but is like, a sad, sad like story. what are, like what are we talking about? Like oh, Tiger Woods is high and like you see a picture of his dick on the internet if you want to. Like okay, like what what are we doing? Like what are we doing here? Yeah, for a guy whose father predicted him to be more influential than Gandhi. Um 
it's an interesting way to see the chapters, like the final chapter kind of get closed. I, what I hope for Tiger, though, more than anything, is that I think people now realize that he is just as fallible as anybody else, right? You know, well, I think he's probably like 10x as fallible as anybody else. And I think people want him to find some sort of peace and comfort. Right. Life is a shit show. But like, I think when he was at the top of the the mountain, everyone kind of, if you loved him, you wanted him to stay there. If you hated him, you really wanted him to fail. And I think a lot of people. I never wanted this, man. No, I know. But initially it was like, you know what? I think what people got most angry about when the initial, um, you know, back when the Elon Nordigan four iron off the head thing happened, I think people were like felt betrayed that Tiger had portrayed himself to be this all American, perfect human being who was a loving father and incredible husband and, you know, a, a, a philanthropist who was also the best fucking athlete ever to walk the planet. Right. That was the image that was painted. And it's, you're right, it's been this slow spiral down to this level where it's like, Jesus, he's on, you know, fucking TMZ. Like, Perez Hilton's talking about his dick size. Like, what the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? If you grew up loving Tiger like I did and being like, you know, idolizing the guy, this is like, uh, you know, this is like DiMaggio, like level historical athlete. And I wonder how that's going to affect his legacy. But yeah, it was a fucked up. I know we should have spent more too much time on this than we probably should have, but we did. We haven't even gotten to your wild card. No. My favorite one more thing before we get into the wild card. My favorite my favorite line there was a tweet that came out. It was like Tiger Woods, man, hasn't played golf in a year and a half, still dominates the golf headlines. Which is what a sorry state of affairs we live in. Hey, he still puts asses in the seats, man. If he plays in a tournament, the first event he plays in will be a I mean, talking about coverage for the, you know, fucking FedEx Cup. Find a way to get Tiger exempt into that shit next year. It'll be a must-watch event. I, I think the tour is ready for Tiger's return whenever Tiger gets his act together and wants to play. In the meantime, we'll just we'll look at Steven Bowditch making cuts and do cartwheels for, you know, and how happy you are with him. And we'll look at Seamus Power and we'll focus on the young players in the game. And, you know, I said this two months ago when we did this, uh, I think one of the first pods in, in this building tiger's got to like get his head on straight i just this is bad this is just bad and like like is the release of probably a years old photo like all that damning to him like no i don't think he did anything this week that was bad but it just turned into such a such a joke with him like like if he i mean to the point where like if there was an onion article tomorrow but like tiger woods like did something like that you would otherwise equate with like Michael Jackson or some other like just like weirdo celebrity I don't think it would shock you at all like you'd be like you'd be like what's Tiger doing like he's so not in control of the situation anyway well he can't control some hacker you know ripping the goddamn you know iCloud account off his ex-girlfriend you know what I mean I think it's a lesson to it's funny like he grew up in an era like this wasn't a thing like I mean Tiger he doesn't have a social media presence like he was out of the game before like the people that founded Facebook and Snapchat, the tiger was in his late twenties and early thirties when those guys were in high school. You know what I mean? Like it's just, he's not, it's just not the same world for him. So I think, yeah, I mean, we, we joked about like, I wonder what Ricky Fowler's DMS look like, (laughs) but I would doubt that Ricky is responding in kind. And I think that that's because they've been coached and they understand just how, how devastating it can be if you get hacked, you know, 
the people that get hacked in Hollywood, they're all, they're all, you know, they're all a little bit older. They're all people that just have taken for granted the fucking cell phone. The dick pic is a, uh, it's a powerful weapon. And, uh, Tiger just like, like a lot of things in his career has not wielded it appropriately. Yeah. And just doesn't know when to say no and when to slow down. And yeah. anyway, all right. That was off topic. Yeah. Uh, dark horse for me. <laughs> we may have to do a little editing there. Uh, yeah, so my dark horse for... Um, is it dark horse for this event or for the FedEx Cup in general? Both, my man. So for the FedEx Cup in general, my dark horse is going to be Patrick Reed. So I think that he's a guy that we've talked about has had really kind of a underwhelming year. But he he's done well enough to put himself in this conversation. I think to your point, one of the more motivating factors for him is the President's Cup. For one reason or another, he has materialized as Captain America, Right even though he chooses to wear <laughs> Tiger well, Red on Sunday. Because he fucking dominates. Yeah, but only in those events, right? Like, so it's funny. Like, he's, whatever, for whatever reason, he thrives. For a guy who's, you know, college teammates didn't really think much of him, he's a great team player uh, and really, mm-hmm. and really um, rises to the occasion. So I think that's a hugely motivating force for him. And, you know, we talked about guys who want to kind of cruise control in the top, you know, 20s range. I think this, that the way that he's wired... He's going to, um, you know, really be fired up more than more than maybe some of the other players as well. Yeah, he also played well at this event last year, like yeah. we talked about earlier, to, to clinch a spot on the Ryder Cup team that would otherwise have gone to Ricky. So right. I, I, I like that pick. And then uh, Dark Horse for the Week is going to be Charlie Hoffman. Charlie Hoffman has, like Ricky, knocked on the door a lot. I think it bothers him. Coming out of the gate and winning this would be a massive momentum boost for him. It's funny, like talking about who's playing well at this moment. These are all these guys have all earned their spot here, and none of our you know dark horses are really real dark horses, right? We're not no, but for a guy that's not in the immediate conversation to be a favorite, yeah, I think he's got the certainly got the shots. He's certainly got the mentality, and he's got the uh, the the resume from this year to you know to really be a strong a strong uh, competitor this week. Yeah. And we talked about the, the people who are in contention to be guaranteed a spot on the team separated by the, the following six or seven names are separated by like 600 total points. Kucher, Reed, Hoffman, Chapel, Harmon and Duffner, right? Like to go and win this event, I think will get you a thousand points or so and it'll put you on the team. So yeah. Sound logic this week, Mike. Absolutely. So it should be a really fun event. Um, I think that let's hope for the best. I mean, let's hope that there's not a whole lot of, like we said, cruise control going on. If we have to get into a gunfight with a couple of the top three, four guys jockeying for position, it should be a really fun event. I mean, you've said it a much times. This has been one of the better years for the competitive landscape, right? There's really nobody that's materialized as the dominant player this year. So any one of those guys we've talked about tonight, um, you know, can, can, can win it, but week to week, they may carry more value and importance than they have in years past. So it should be really fun to watch here, here. All right. So that's the pod for this week. We'll be back next week with a full recap of uh, week one of the FedEx cup. And uh, we will see you then. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in.